0: enjoyed uh, just chatting with you this week, just kind of sharing a bit of um, my heart and kind of talking through what I feel God has got in store for this generation, for you guys. Um, and it's, it's almost a shame to be ending it today, to be the last day, but also um, I really feel actually it's right. I really feel God has taken us on a journey, and today there's something he's just saying to each individual um, today about where you're going to next. This is, this is not the end. This is the beginning, honestly, the beginning of something new. We've been looking across this week at who is Jesus. We've looked at Jesus is God. We then looked at what does it mean to follow him? What does it even cost to follow him? It costs us everything. We die to come to a new life. We're born again. And yesterday we, we looked at the fact that because we're born again, we're free. And so therefore, what do we do with that freedom? And today, I just want to look at that Jesus has a plan for you, you know, um, and he really has something so great in store for you beyond new day, back at home and uh, wherever wherever you 're going to after this. Do you know when when we first started, I, I shared uh, a bit of my story, and I also shared my heart in that I said. I am very passionate about working with, with young people, with teenagers. I really, I really love working with you guys and uh, with people at home. Um, and the, the reason I'm so passionate, you know, is something I've been living with for the last kind of year or two, um, really is that, that something for this generation. I feel God has got something so special planned for you guys. There's something about the now, I was sitting in a meeting with some other uh, passionate people about young people recently, earlier this year, and um, someone was praying something and we were praying for the next generation, you guys, talking about the next generation, they said, do you know we've got that all wrong? They said, when we're talking about the next generation, we're assuming that the generation that God has a plan to come for. She said, no, we need to be praying for the now generation. She said she feels that you guys are the now generation, something that God has for you right now. A plan he has to activate now, not when you're adults, not when you grow up, not when you kind of reach a certain age or a certain understanding of the Bible or a certain, been a Christian for a certain amount of time. There's something right now that Jesus has for you. You are the now generation And I've been having these dreams, honestly. God has been giving me these dreams of teenagers your age on street corners praying for people, of, of the media so confused by what's happening in this generation. Teenagers get a bad press in the media at the moment. I saw just something changing in that. Something going, what is happening? There are teenagers that are shaping this nation, that are changing our culture. How is that coming from the young? Adults going, we don't know how to help this generation. Teenagers going, we do, Jesus. This is the stuff I've seen, you know? this is the stuff I'm dreaming for, and this is the stuff I believe God is talking about for you. It's everything we've been talking up to coming to this moment, coming into a reality that goes way beyond what we've been doing this week, way beyond. Is that exciting? Do you find that exciting? Yeah? Because this is you guys. Honestly, it's a, it's a dream of a generation rising up, a new generation saying, we're not going to stick to the narrative we've been living to. We're not going to stay where we've been. We're not going to listen to the lies people are speaking over to us that somehow we're lost or somehow they don't know how to help us. Or We're not going to listen to that narrative. We're going to listen to the narrative that Jesus speaks over us, that we're children of God, that God has a purpose for us, that God has a plan for us, and that we can be nation shapers right now. That's you guys. It's all about giving Jesus your best years. Do you know that? And these are your best years. I wasted these years. I honestly did. I went after the things of the world, and I spent, I'm like, yeah, I'm partying, I'm having fun. And I've got older now, and I think, man, I'm looking at what Jesus has done with the last seven years since I've followed him. I think, imagine if I gave him the 10 years before that. And these are your years now. These are your best years. You've got more time now than you'll ever have. Do you know that? I know Jesus sees exams, like all the kind of looking. It seems like it can take a lot of your time. But you know, this is you have more time now than you ever have. God wants to speak to you more now than he ever we You've got more time to listen. I've just... Um, <clears throat> Kind of being around a campsite, heard whispers, heard these stories. I love hearing stories about stuff God's doing through this generation, through, um, through, through you guys, for other people. And I'll, I'll share a few just to encourage us. Uh, one of the, so these are other people's stories um, that I've just been hearing. So I'll retell them. Uh, so I heard of this one lad, this, this church in a place called Coleraine. Um, this one lad, he, he, uh, they've been asked to do like a kind of, I don't know, show and tell or presentation thing in their classroom. And this lad, he's a, he's a Christian lad, and he decided, you know, I, I want to, I'm just going to share the gospel. I'm going to tell him about Jesus. Um, bold move, yeah, bold move. That's pretty scary. I don't think I would have ever had the bottle to do that. Um, but he's thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go and tell him about Jesus. You don't know how it's going to land. Um, so he goes into his classroom, and he just does. He tells him about Jesus, and then he decides at the end to make an appeal. He says to his, he says to his class, who wants to follow Jesus? Anyone, anyone want in? Anyone want to do this as well? And get this. All 20 students and his teacher gave their life to follow Jesus in that class. Isn't that amazing? And I heard this other story, yeah. So if you were in, um, uh, if I don't know if you been going to the True Stories seminar. There's earliest week, Pete Benton was sharing in it. And um, so some of you would have heard this story. Um, and he'd probably tell it much better, it's this story. But I'll reshare share um, what I've heard talking to him. He talked about this lad that he knew, who, um, who basically decided, he felt, he felt really changed. You know, I want to I do something, I want to make a difference in my school, um, I'm not kind of just going to settle for the norm, I want to start a Christian union, I want to start a place where young people can gather, we can talk and encourage each other about Jesus, because school's a tough place and, and I want to create a place like that, and uh, he thought, you know what, so he, he went and asked, his head teacher went and asked his teacher, said, Ken, can, can I start this Christian union, do you mind, and he went, yeah, okay, I can't see any harm in that, won't you go, and he thought, do you know what? I'm not just satisfied at starting a place. Um, I want I to just give it a bit of mention. He said to his head teacher, he said, look, can I share about it in an assembly? Do you mind if I tell people about it? Could I just get up in front of the whole school and just tell them this is on and see what happens? Man, this is bold. This is not just his classroom now. He's saying, in front of assembly, can I do it? And he went, well, if you're sure. Like, as long as you, you know, it's, it's a big thing. But why not? I can't see any harm in that. So he gets up and he tells them, we're going to start to see you. And then he decides to tell him about Jesus. He goes beyond it and starts doing it. And then he goes for an appeal, and it's like, he's got basically a notice at this assembly. This is all he's got, and he tells him about Jesus. He goes for an appeal. Twenty teenagers stand up, give their life to Jesus, and that was to see you. That was what started. And I share these stories, not to, uh, not to applaud them, because they're amazing. That's amazing stories, what boldness, what character. But to encourage you that that is you. Do you know that? That can be you. We write ourselves off so often that I don't know how God can use me. Or surely I can't share it that well. Or, do you know, I don't? When we let Jesus work in us, what comes out? When we boldly go to share the truth that has saved us, The way God uses that and the way, the effect and the power that can have to change lives is amazing. And I want to encourage you with these stories of these young people thinking, how are you going to go back? How are you going to be light? Do you know we spoke yesterday, Jesus talks about being light in the darkness. How are you going to go back and be a shining light in your home places, beyond New Day, in your schools, in your communities, wherever you're going back to? I want to look at... um, uh, one Timothy. Yeah, so Paul, uh, as we are saying, he writes a lot of letters. There's, there's some letters he writes to churches, there's some letters he writes to people. And Paul had this young guy, he's not kind of his apprentice or his, uh, um, just a guy he kind of wants to train up and bring along, uh, called Timothy. And when Paul first called Timothy, he was 16. Um, when he writes the letters, Timothy's a bit older um, when he's writing to him. But Paul really encouraged this guy. He's called him as a young lad and he said, I see something in you, do you know? And that was unusual for the culture. Young people didn't have much of a voice. But he, Paul says, I see something in you. I want you to come along with me. Um, and he writes in some letters to encourage him, to help, help him lead these churches. Because um, Timothy's got quite a big role. He's leading upwards. He's leading people older than him all the time and trying to set up churches. And he's just on this mission with Paul. Paul's sending him out to different places. And so he writes in these letters, 1 and 2 Timothy, to just encourage him and, uh, and to help shape him. And there's, um, there's one bit yeah, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12, where he's just, he's speaking on exactly this. He's he's trying to help him not be discouraged by his youth. Obviously, some people are knocking him back because he's younger. There must be that people are challenging. And he basically writes to him, here's what it says. He says, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. He goes, don't hold back. Don't let people look down on you because you're young. They might disqualify you, but Jesus hasn't. You have been chosen for a purpose. Don't let people look down at you because you're young. Don't hold back. But he goes on to say, he's not saying, so now go be an arrogant young person. Push your way through. Be aggressive. Be whatever you want to be. He says, no, don't, look down. don't let people look down at you because you're young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. you know, the Bible describes um, the kingdom of God coming. Uh, Revelations, the last book in it, is a letter which just uh, just describes the end times. It's quite a complicated letter, but there's some beautiful imagery in it of Jesus basically preparing this new Jerusalem, this, this heaven to come. And, you know, we spoke earlier about we're not just waiting to enter heaven. Heaven's coming to us. We're servants of it. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We are representatives of the kingdom of God in everything we do. This is what we've been called to. This is the call for a Christian. It's not just that we say, hey, I'm a child of God, or hey, I know Jesus. No, it's more than that. Jesus has said to you, he said, you know what? I don't want you to just be a follower of me. I'm going to make you an ambassador of Christ. The kingdom of heaven is in you. You're a representative on it. In everything you do, you are bringing the kingdom of God. And this is what Paul's writing to Timothy. He says, So, as a representative of the kingdom of God, how are you going to conduct yourself? He says, In speech. He says, Set an example for the believers in speech. How do you talk to one another? How do you talk to your friends at school? What do you get involved in? One of the big things for me, yeah, so I got saved while I was still a mechanic. Yeah, I was working in a workshop. Now, uh, workshop mechanic environment is... um not very Christian place, should we say. Um, there's, you know, like language, people's language is just very standard. And I, I was a big swearer. I used to use all the kind of names under the sun. It was very much kind of every other word I'd use. be chucked something out like that. We used to, I used to love taking the mick out of people, putting pranks. Um, I was one of the ones, I, I would love picking on people for certain things as well. Now, one of the things that changed me very quickly as soon as I got saved, and this is the thing, I didn't even notice this changed, was how I spoke to people. Yeah? I stopped swearing. Someone heard me say Flip. they went, Dan, are you (laughs) alright? Pulled me up on it immediately, I didn't even realise I'd done this they just pulled me up on it immediately because they said, you don't swear anymore, what's happened? and I was like, oh yeah (laughs) and they knew something had happened at church they knew I started going on this alpha course and I didn't even realise this thing had started changing and they would started encouraging them I would started saying nice things to them which they thought was weird and kind of freaked them out they didn't like this very much (laughs) But something had obviously changed in me. I'm carrying something of the kingdom of God. I've barely read the Bible yet. In fact, I hadn't even started reading it yet at this point. I'm just kind of going to church, working out what Christianity is. But already, because I've said to God, all right, I'll be your ambassador, kingdom of God, come into me, something of the kingdom of God was coming out. Do you know? How we speak to each other is so important. So important and how we speak to people at school, especially that don't know Jesus, because we are showing them Jesus in our conduct. So what Paul's saying to Timothy. Set an example to the adults who are not speaking to each other nicely. Don't just follow their example. Set an example. Be different. Yeah? He says to him, in your conduct, how do you conduct yourself? Do you know, It's so tempting as a, as a, to just follow the stereotypes of being a teenager, you know? We want to have fun, we want to mess about, we do. That's what twelve to 14th is great about, isn't it? But there's a moment where you can set yourself apart, you can be different. There are certain times when you're thinking, do you know what? That's a step too far, I'm not going to mess about into that. I'm not going to get involved in that. Do you know what? That prank, that's not fun, Man. Do you know, the way you're treating that young person, the way that you're picking on him constantly, that's not fun, you know, I've, I've got to stand up. my conduct has to be different, the way I conduct myself, the way I represent myself, I'm representing Jesus, man, and that might, that might be fun, but I don't want to be like that. In love, how you love one another, man, how we do things for one another, you know, how you, what about that kid that can't afford his, um, that other teenager at school that can't afford his, his lunch? Do you know, and you find you've got a little bit extra money that day. Man, how do you love someone? How do you think, hey, can I just bless you? These little things, I shared some stories yesterday about a homeless guy I met on the street. I was able to just love him in that moment. But he's something Christ like in that moment. I didn't get it right at first, but the end result was he knew Jesus through it, through an interaction. He came to church and met more people, met more people that were like Jesus, that wanted to be like Jesus, and felt blessed. You can be that in your communities. In faith, do you know. Let me encourage you. Yeah, I, I don't like reading. I'm dyslexic. I find reading difficult. Um, I don't enjoy it. If someone said, "Oh, what book are you taking your holiday? I've got a great book to recommend," I say it doesn't sound like a holiday to me. That sounds boring and rubbish and hard work. Do you know, reading something I have to do if I need to work or I'm studying. It's not something I enjoy doing, except when I read this. And I didn't get there quickly. I kind of was always like, I don't need to read my Bible. I can get away with not reading it. I can just hear teaching. I can just hear people talking it. Um, until, you know, people started saying things about how I need to change my life and how I need to shape. I'm thinking, oh. and people started talking about this relationship I need to have with Jesus. And I'm thinking, how do I have a relationship with him? How do I know he really says I need to live my life that way unless I start reading about him? So I prayed. I said, God... I don't like reading. I really struggle with it. When I was opening my Bible, I just couldn't grasp anything that was in it. I said, God, will you just help me? Will you help me with this? I really want to get to terms. Man, he does. Can I tell you? Um, I still struggle with reading some other stuff. When I read this, the words just fly out. There's an understanding I have. With, like with nothing else I ever read, there is a joy I get from reading truth. And it shapes my life. It changes me. And I used to then sit in my last workplace. So before I ended up working for a church, I was working in in sales and like a big open-plan office. And on my lunch breaks, I would just get my Bible out and read because I'm I'm a new Christian. I was just I just I want to keep knowing more. Every moment I've got, I want to read. I'd be eating my sandwich, I'd be reading it. And uh, do you know what? I didn't actually get much reading done because people come up to me and go, "Are you reading the Bible?" What? I I didn't even know you were a Christian. Like, do people actually still read that? I would say, yeah, let me tell you what I'm reading about right now. And I shared the gospel every single day just because people wanted to know why I was reading it. And more than that, because they thought, you're not just saying you're a Christian. You're going beyond that. There's something, you're, you're living this. You actually believe this. How we live our faith and we live it publicly is massive in how we show people Jesus and show them the kingdom of God, you know. And the last thing he mentions is Impurity. Now this is this is one you really have to stand apart in. Do you know that? This is hard. When I got saved, I was not living um, a pure life, particularly sexually. Um, sexual sin was a big thing for me. I had uh, um, I'd say, a sexual addiction to many different things, and. Um, God really had to challenge me in that area and in many other areas of my life in, in how I conduct myself out on a Friday night or Saturday night in other areas. He, he had to challenge me in this area and other people just coming around to me and going, are you living really for God? Is there, is there purity in you? Are you saying, God, my body is yours? My soul is yours? How I conduct myself on a night out? How I conduct myself with my girlfriend? Am I saying my body is yours, God? Or am I saying, no, God, this is not your temple. This is mine and I'm going to do my own thing with it. And that, when that changed for me, when I finally got that, that when God says the, the old temple, the t- temple in Jerusalem has gone, the new temple is us. He wants to come and have his dwelling place in us. When I finally got that, I understood why he calls me to be pure. Because God wants to live within us. He calls us to purity. And when I decided, you know what, I'm not going to sleep with my girlfriend anymore. I'm going to change the way I am on a night out. My goodness, did my friends take notice <laughs> Of, of my faith in Jesus because I was going way beyond even just reading the Bible. I'm now acting it out in my life and saying, I believe in this so much that there's nothing I'm not willing to lay down. I'll lay down my relationship if I have to. I loved my girlfriend. Praise God, she became my wife. Um, the chat was a difficult one but didn't have to end our relationship. Um, sometimes it does. I was willing to lay it down. But man, have I had opportunities now to share with integrity, with, with um, yeah, pure heart, because we, I'm living in purity. And that's a choice you're going to have to make. Is your body a temple for God to dwell in, or is it anyone's? These are the examples we have that God has given to Timothy uh, sorry, that Paul is giving to Timothy, give instruction of what it means to live a godly life, what it means to be a young person setting an example, being a culture shaper, a nation shaper. This guy was planting churches all over the place. And this is the dream that God has for you. You can start dreaming these dreams of your school changing. Just because you go in there and start acting like the kingdom of God is in you, you start acting like Jesus, you start being Jesus in every place that you go to, you will start changing your culture. You will start changing your nation. You will not be popular for it. I lost a lot of friends. I've kept many of them still. A lot of my friends um, that knew me before are blown away. And there's, there's actually a lot of them come to me now in their times of hurt and pain because I'm no longer just mess about Dan, just always poking fun Dan. Always be. Actually, they know I'm someone that will genuinely listen and genuinely really care about them. I'm pastoring people that do not know Jesus because I'm showing them something to Christ. But you will lose people over it. You will because there's some people that hate the way you live. Because they feel condemned in themselves, they feel judged themselves, because there is there is an enemy that really hates you, that hates this, that hates you even hearing this. Do you know that? But you've always got to remember there is a God that loves you far more. There is a God that has called you to this. There is a God that is preparing a new Jerusalem for you that one day you will spend all eternity in. But right now he's saying, go and be an ambassador of Christ because I'm not done saving people. There are more people that need to be citizens of heaven. So you guys are the ones I'm calling to be my ambassadors to show them what it means to enter the kingdom of God. We spoke yesterday about Tash, didn't we? Do you remember? She gave her life in this setting, in 12s to 14s. The first new day she came to, she was 12. And her last new day, she was 14. And she died two weeks before she would have come into the 15s to 19s. She never made that. She never got there. This was the only setting she had. And she chose that I'm going to live whatever life I have for Jesus. We don't know how long we've got. You know, I, I, really, I really, my prayer and always our hope always is you've got years and years and years and years and years. But we don't know that. Tash didn't know that. None of us know that. All we can do is give Jesus our all, our best right now. And, and we will know that whatever time, we were praying yesterday about freedom from fear of death, will not we? Because we no longer have to fear it. Death has lost its sting because we know where we are going. But right now, we're here on earth. So let's serve Jesus with all we've got. Let's change our culture and our nation, hey? The Baron can come back up. That'd be really good. Listen, even when I was was praying for this, I was praying out there a minute ago, and God really, while we were worshipping, God really broke my heart for this. Because I I really believe that there are still some people here. We've, We've had a really nice journey together. I've really enjoyed speaking with you, but I believe that there's still some young people here who are counting yourselves out, you're saying, it's all well and good, Dan, but that's not me. I can't speak to people. I can't share. I'm not popular enough. I don't think people like me. I could never change anything. I could never change anything. You don't know what I'm going home to, Dan. Genuinely, I believe there are some people here that that's where you're at right now. after hearing this. And I just want to call that out. I just want to say that's not true. Do you know that? When Christ calls you, when Jesus says, and even all these altar calls, when he uses people like me, like the guys who've been coming and leading you, like the guys in the big top, when he uses people to say, Jesus wants you to come follow him now, he is talking to you as an individual. Do you know that? Christ knows you individually. He calls to the big audience, to the big crowd. He shouts out, God does, but he knows you individually because he created you. The Bible says he even knows how many hairs are on your head. That's how intimately he knows you. God is calling you. He says, do you know, for you personally, I have a plan. I have something to call you out of your situation. Do you know, the stuff that the world says that you need to be to be popular, that you need to be cool, you need to be accepted, it's a lie. I have a better plan for you. I will use you. I don't know how popular those teenagers were. I was talking about in those stories. But what they did have was faith in Jesus and that Jesus would change their school. And they stepped out boldly and they spoke and God used them. God used them to change their classroom, to change 20 people's lives. God will use you to change the thousands. I have a dream of 3,000 people leaving this shed Afternoon day going back to your communities and changing a nation. Honestly, God has chosen you. So go and be ambassadors for the kingdom of God. Amen.